At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers. Hey, it's Holden with Veasan. It is the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. So much going on on today's show. Nate Kreckman, Altitude 92.5, joins me in a few minutes. My buddy Ian Sinclair, Play Colorado. He wants to talk some abs today. I'm totally down with that. Nuggets, CSU, CU hoops, so many things to get to. Um, I'm going to start with this, though. Todd Helton, let me see. Let me get these numbers again. All right, so 52%, right? 52% is what uh, the Hall of Fame voters voted for him to get in. So he still needs another 23%. Here's Helton's numbers, okay? His first year, four years ago on the ballot, 16.5%. Goes up 13% to 292 then goes up 15% last year to 44.9. A smaller a smaller gain this year at 7% at 52%. He's getting in sooner than later. I laid out why yesterday. Um, as far as the rest of the Hall of Fame, shame on the voters. I am going to boo the press box. The next time I'm at Coors Field, which will be the first homestand at some point in time, uh, they deserve it too. It just doesn't make sense to me at this point. I understand there's a lot of sanctimonious baseball writers. I have tons of friends that are voters, guys I know. Jeff Passan did his first radio talk show host uh, talk show with me. Um, Jason Stark. I, I mean, I'm name dropping here, but I know these guys, and a lot of them actually voted for Clemens and Bonds. It's the guys that didn't. It just blows my mind. You know, Kurt Schilling didn't get in because of his political positions. I talked with Kurt about a year and a half ago, challenged him on a whole bunch of things because I disagree with a lot of his positions politically. The guy's the greatest postseason pitcher of all time, had a hell of a regular season career too, belongs in. Barry Bonds, best hitter I've ever seen. Again, I, it, he used PEDs. All right. You know who else got popped? Even though unofficially, David Ortiz. But why is David Ortiz in? Well, A, he's a great player. Super clutch, faced the Red Sox for a long time, but he's an awesome person. He makes you feel like you're the most important person in the room. Barry Bonds was a jerk. He was. He was just an absolute jerk. You know who else was a jerk during his playing days? Ken Griffey Jr. But Ken Griffey Jr. at least had the smile, put the numbers up. No specter of cheating there. Roger Clemens, too great. Barry Bonds, too great. And I don't know what else to say at this point. You know, go boycott Cooperstown you want to it's just it's not cooperstown it is not the hall of fame without roger clemens and barry bonds long term but here's something that's kind of fun all right in december the today's game committee is going to vote 
and guess who can get in because that is from what greatest contributions to the game players managers umpires executives from 1988 to 2016 hmm who are the best pitcher and position player from that time oh barry bonds and roger clemens they're both getting in and actually i hope when they do get in one of them is spiteful enough to give a big middle finger to the writers that would make me a very happy individual so that's my spiel on the Baseball Hall of Fame. Todd Helton's going to get in. For some reason, he has to wait a certain amount of time. The numbers are there. That'll be great. And I'm hoping Bonds, Clement, Schilling all get in from the players from that the committee that it's coming up later on this year when they meet. Okay. Take a complete right turn here. We'll go into basketball with the Nuggets. Uh, bad, bad beat for those of you that had the over 218 and a half. Now, we did not have... An official show play on this one. Uh, JVT was on the Nuggets minus six and a half. They won 110-105, but the play was also posted before we learned that Will Barton was out. I thought it was a good play from JVT, but this thing is cruising to the over, right? 218, all they needed to score in the fourth was 37 points, I believe. And they scored 33 points combined in the fourth quarter. I mean, that's just absolutely brutal. So there's very few worse things than that. When you think you got something wrapped up and then you don't. And it happens a lot. And it's easy to get caught up in the moment, though. It's like, oh, we need 37 points. In the f Come on, they can do that in their sleep. 33 points in the fourth quarter. That was rough. Uh, Jokic, 28-21-9. and nine. Come on. What else to say about him? He's got the four triple-doubles in the last six games. I thought he'd have a triple-double last night. He had five assists, like, in the first quarter, but he only had four the rest of the way. He's got four 2020 games this season. As Katie Wingy points out, uh, the rest of the NBA has eight total. So, Jokic has four of the 12 2020 games this season. Absolutely amazing. Uh, this month. Let's talk about the Nuggets, though, because they're playing some better basketball as of late. This month, they play 13 games. They lead the league in field goal percentage at 48.8%, assist 29.8%, a lot to do with Jokic there. In the last seven, they lead the league, and this is from the Denver Stiffs. Nice job digging this one up. They lead the league in three-point percentage, assists, and they're second in scoring 121.4 points per game. Last seven games, offensively, off the charts for the Nuggets. Great to see. Wow. They're efficient too. Last seven games. They lead the league in field goal percentage, three-point percentage, second in scoring. I mean, are you kidding me? And tonight they got the Nuggets. Or they got the Nets. Nuggets at the Nets. So a back-to-back -back for both teams. And going into this game, no Durant, no Kyrie, maybe no Paul Millsap, our old buddy Paul Millsap. The problem is here that the Nuggets are one and six in back-to-backs in those seven games with a minus 9.8 uh, point per game scoring differential. But it's not like the Nets are any good either. Uh, they're six and nine their past 15. They're two and seven in their last nine home games. They're 12 and 12. Uh, they're a top four seed. They're 12 and 12 at home. There's just no home court advantage right now. And they're all just, uh, they've, they've got COVID issues. They've got injury issues. There's just been so many things going on with the Nets this season. 87% of the handle and 76% of the money were on under 225 when I woke up this morning. No surprise, this total's at 222 now. I am completely staying off of this game pregame. I will be betting it live. 
I think if we can get a, a, a plus number here <clears throat> on the Nuggets, four or five points, between four or five points, that's when I'm going to jump in. That's when I will end up jumping in on this game. It only makes sense. Um, for the Nets, it's just not a good team with just Harden. And he's pissed off and he wants to get traded. So stay away spot for me from the Nuggets and the Nets tonight. Pre-game, I will be betting this game uh, in-game. And if I can get, you know what? I'll probably go in at a four and a half. If I see a four and a half, that's when I'm going to jump on the Nuggets bandwagon in that one. College basketball, great night for us here. Great night for us here if you back CSU and listen to me. So here's another thing. Basketball, a lot of live betting. You're going to get a better number most of the time if you bet it in-game. But I did like Colorado State no matter what, minus the seven, even seven and a half last night. They go on and they beat Nevada 77-66. Now my one bet was minus seven. The second bet was let's back Colorado State minus three and a half in the second half. Why? I laid it out yesterday. This is a great second half team. We saw it again last night. Now, I will say this. At halftime, the line was no longer CSU minus three and a half. The line was CSU minus 10 and a half. So we got a little lucky that they got off to such a slow start. I thought they might be trailing a little bit at halftime, but not Double digits. They were down 10 points in the first half, but it's their fourth double digit comeback victory of the season. These guys are special. Trailed by 10 in the first half, jumped on them at plus one, and the Rams just started going in the second half. Uh, again, you had uh, Isaiah Stevens 0 for 5 in the first half, then hits five of his last six, five of his last seven. Team comes out, just bombs away from three point land. Uh, Chandler Jacobs, second start in a row with Thistlewood out, 14. David Roddy, remarkable no-look pass uh, in the key. I think it was Stevens with the back cut. It's, it's just beautiful watching him play basketball. It really is. Uh, he had 18-8 and eight with six assists. So Roddy, who was off to a slow start in the first half, really picked it up in the second half with the rest of the team. I'll have a best bet for CSU UNLV at games at 7 o'clock on Friday and then it's going to be an interesting week next week because it's Wyoming and then the rematch with San Diego State. So next week is going to be a really, really fun week for betting Rams basketball. Last thing to get to here, CU did not have a play on this game. It was a stay away spot for me. Didn't think it would go as well for CU as it did, especially after the start. Oregon came out on a 13-0 run. 13-0 run. Went up 20 to 5. And these young buffs just get going. They overcome the 15-point deficit. They get their first signature win against a quad one team. You know, this is nice to see. Jabari Walker, 14 of his 24 points in the second half. He had 11 rebounds in this game, too. Keyshawn Bartholomew, 12 of his 19 points in the second half. And now CU is 13 and 6 and 5-4 and four in the Pac-12. Again, looking like an NIT team, but the fight they had against UCLA, the fight they had against USC, and now to go on the road and win at a very tough place in Oregon, I'm a fan of this team, and I think next year, you know, we're talking about CSU a lot this year. I think we'll be talking about the Buffs a lot like we did last year, next year. Okay, Nate Kreckman, Altitude 92.5. Lots to discuss. 
We're definitely getting into the Nuggets. We're definitely getting into the Broncos head coaching search, and we're definitely going to get in to the NFL playoffs. That's next. I'm Holden with VEASAN, Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. Being a homer has its perks at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Every day, Bet Rivers offers a special hometown discount on parlays involving local teams. To get your hometown discount, just open the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app and check the daily specials to place your bet on a unique parlay with hometown teams and players. Then root, root, root for the home team and win together. Bet today on the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app or go to betrivers.com. Must be 21 and located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. For more real-time relevant sports betting news and information, listen to VEASAN in Denver on Altitude Sports 950. VEASAN, the sports betting network, is on the air in Denver. Listen to relevant real-time sports betting news and information on Denver's Altitude Sports 950. Follow the money, a numbers game, Lombardi line, my guys in the desert, the nightcap, and much, much more from VEASAN. The Sports Betting Network, on the air in Denver, on Altitude Sports 950. Welcome back, Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. And as promised, our Wednesday guest, one of the two, Nate Kreckman, Altitude 92.5. Krecker's got his uh, Cubs hat on right now. Let's talk a little baseball, my friend. Uh, yeah. The joke that uh, Clemens and Bonds are still not in the Hall of Fame with Schilling. Their peers are going to end up voting them in in all likelihood at the end of the year. Uh, I'm trying to set the odds on which one's going to stick up the middle finger and tell the writers to screw off. But locally here, it's a little bit different. Uh, did a whole spiel on Todd Helton, his fourth year on the ballot. He's gone from 16.5% in 2019 to now 52%. For some reason, we're going to have to wait longer for a Hall of Famer to get in. Hello, Nathaniel Kreckman. Let's talk some baseball, believe it or not, to get going here. How are you and what's going on? I am well, and I am also outraged at the Baseball Hall of Fame. I would just as soon burn that place to the ground. Um, my reasoning for that, though, is because I hate Cooperstown. And when they have the induction ceremonies... It's mm -hmm. always like 95 degrees out with 90% humidity. There's no right. hotels. You got to fly into the middle of nowhere in New York. So my issue with the Baseball Hall of Fame has to do with location and weather. Um, yours seems to be because the writers continue to botch things. Yeah. Also, uh, by location, I actually appreciate it because my grandparents were from upstate New York. So I got to visit it often as a child. Uh, that was the that was the deal of like, all right, you're going to go hang out with Grandma and Grandpa for a few days. Don't worry, we'll go see the Baseball Hall of Fame. Um, so, so, that, so I have no complaints about the location. As for the process, uh, Barry Bonds is arguably the greatest hitter that ever lived. Roger Clemens is a top five pitcher of all time. Kurt Schilling is one of the great postseason pitchers of all time. And I'm saying this. I don't like any of those three guys, but it's idiotic that they are not in the Baseball Hall of Fame. So let's figure this the F out. Also, David Ortiz. Are you going to put David Ortiz in? Hey, everybody loves Poppy. Deserving Hall of Famer. I'm not going to knock his case one bit. Um, wasn't he on the list of 103 guys that tested positive? He's connected to performance-enhancing drugs, and yet he gets in on the first ballot, and greater players that sure may have been more notoriously involved in PEDs are getting locked out. It was the era. You put it on the stupid plaque 
and you explain it to people. But these are, particularly with Bonds and Clemens, two of the greatest players in the history of baseball, that they are not included in the Baseball Hall of Fame is flat-out moronic. Uh, Roger Clemens, third-highest war. I know they didn't have war when Cy Young was pitching, but Cy Young, Walter Johnson, Roger Clemens. Mm -hmm. uh, Barry Bonds, the best hitter I've ever seen. Clemens, the best pitcher I've ever seen as far as a career goes. I think you could say Pedro over a shorter amount of time. Kershaw was right there too, but what Clemens and Bonds did, just ridiculous. And then there's the case of Schilling, and the only reason he's not in is because of his politics at this point. There's no question about it. You've got mm -hmm. pedophiles that have voted players in before. You've got a whole bunch of writers with secrets. The only difference between them and the baseball players is the secrets are out on most of the baseball players. Schilling isn't in there. Greatest postseason pitcher of all time. Great regular season pitcher. We haven't even gotten to him yet. What are your thoughts on Schilling? Yeah, again, like, I don't want to hang out with him, um, but no. he belongs in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Between what he did in Arizona and what he did in Boston, his his regular season numbers were no slouch themselves. One of the great sinker ball, you know, splitter sinker pitchers we have ever seen in our lifetime. He is absolutely a Hall of Famer. Again, it's idiotic that he is getting left out simply because people don't like him. Um, and I know this is this is nothing new. Jim Rice didn't get in until his last year of eligibility because nobody could stand the guy, you know? It's a different sport, but Terrell Owens didn't get in until his third time on the ballot, even though he's one of the greatest wide receivers that ever lived, simply because, again, people didn't like the guy. Like, that. that's, that's fine, but you got to take that nonsense out of it when it comes to the Baseball Hall of Fame and put the best players in. It, look, Holden, it's a museum. Right. The place is a museum and museums. It is their, I, I think, their responsibility to show off history, warts and all. They're terrible racists in the Baseball Hall of Fame. There's a lot of awful people that have already gotten into that thing because that's the history of the sport. That's the history of our country. So what are we doing with this nonsense? Pretending as though everybody that is already in is some form of saint, and we got to keep the rest of these dudes out. And, and again, going back to the, I mean, we're, we're talking about the, whatever, the character thing here right now, but just going back to the PED thing, how many guys are in the Baseball Hall of Fame? You can count them on two hands right now that you don't know that they did steroids, but you know that they did. Oh, steroids. I know Mike Piazza did. General yeah. manager of the Mets told me he did. So yeah. he's in there right now, right? There are plenty of dudes. Basically, you go back through the last couple of decades and guys that have gone in, and I give a lot of side eyes to a lot of dudes that are in the Hall of Fame right now. Uh, it's just, it's a joke. And real quick on Todd Helton. Yep. He'll get in there probably in the next four years or so. But so he had a 133 OPS plus. Mm -hmm. I don't want to bore people with too many uh, stats here, but that's outrageous. better than league average. That's what that means. That's amazing. On base plus yep. slugging adjusted. Mm -hmm. He had an 855 OPS on the road. Okay. Yeah. So it was like a thousand and forty eight at home. It was, mm -hmm. it's, it's a ridiculous number at home. He was still a really, really, really good hitter on the road. You compare him with Wade Boggs. Helton was a better road hitter than Wade Boggs was. He was a better home hitter too, but Boggs had the green monster. I bring that up. Most hits in the 2000s, Todd Helton, 2,796. We talk about Mark Grace with the most hits there, but you know Helton had the most hits there. 
Um, just so many great things that Helton did defensively too. He's going to get in, but again, this goes back to the Hall of Fame. For some reason, they're going to make him wait longer to get in, and he's going to. Well, and we know what it is. It's it's the course field bias, right? It's it's automatically you bring up those splits of over a thousand OPS at home and an eight fifty five OPS on the road, and automatically, well, the guy was just a course field product. Again. We, we, I think we've been doing this long enough now. Like, baseball at altitude has existed long enough, Holden, that it should be understood that, yes, there is an offensive advantage to playing at Coors Field because of the immense size of the outfield, the amount of, of just fair territory that you are afforded as a hitter to hit the ball into. We get all of that. The stupidity comes from people not acknowledging and, and i would say this it's gotten better like it's it has gotten much better but a lot of a lot of baseball people still don't want to recognize the challenge between home and road the substantial disadvantage that that then makes for rockies hitters when they have to go on the road deal with the ball breaking differently deal with playing from going from altitude to sea level, or I guess elevation to sea level, as often as they do in the course of a season, no other team has to do this in all of baseball. It is a significant disadvantage physically for players to go through. And you look back at Todd Helton's career. I mean, I mean, uh, starting in '98, here's his games played a year: 152, 159, 160, 159, 156, 160. 154, 144, 145, 154. Yes, he had injuries down the back half of his career. There is no doubt about that. But for a long time, he was one of the most durable players in baseball, and he stayed durable playing in some of the most difficult conditions that anyone in baseball has to play in between Coors Field and then going on the road and going back to Coors Field. So between durability and consistent numbers, any Coors Field bias that is held by any baseball writer, again, is just flat-out friggin' ignorant, and we should have figured this out by now. Uh, Todd, again, you look at I, – I compare Todd Helton to Wade Boggs as a hitter, mm -hmm. and he was much better on the road than Wade Boggs was. It's, it's just – and then here, Jaws, which is basically taking your seven best years, seven years of your prime – and that's wins above replacement. Well, his figure is 54.2. That's exactly the average of the 22 Hall of Famers. So he's getting in there. Let's move on. We'll keep going on in circles. Uh, Real quick, Mountain I want to one more thing. Harold yeah, please, Baines go for it. Let's yell. Ah. Harold Baines is in the Hall of Fame. Career 39 wins above replacement. Helton by B-War 62. Get the heck out of here. The guy's a Hall of Famer. So let's go on to basketball. Hit you yeah. up yesterday. Hey, I'm on CSU minus seven. Um, mm -hmm. Let's do this. Second half minus three and a half. The Rams, I mean, this is my favorite basketball team around here. The, uh, well, the Nuggets are terrific, but mm -hmm. boy, CSU's got a chance to really make some noise. You're the Mountain West guy. I mean, we talk about a schedule coming up. Yeah, they got UNLV here on Friday, but mm -hmm. Wyoming and San Diego State next week. Talk to me. What are your thoughts on this CSU team and the huge week that they have coming up next week. Um, that's a nice win over Nevada last night. Nevada's not a bad team at all. They're a middle-of-the-pack Mountain West crew, but Grant Sherfield can really play. Desmond Cambridge can shoot. Like, that's a that's a good team that Steve Alford has up there. Um, they gave CSU problems. Nevada always gives CSU problems. Um, the Rams didn't have a great shooting night last night, at least from behind the arc. They were only at 35% as a team. 
Um, but they rebounded the basketball really well last night. They got themselves the extra possessions when they needed to. Um, there is a toughness. There is a, a an ability by this team because of the their their ability to get up tempo when they need to to really punish teams when they make mistakes because um, this team doesn't make a ton of mistakes. David Roddy's the best player in this conference this season. Um, no, CSU is is absolutely special. Um, I didn't even get on that game until late in the half last night, and they ended up winning by 11. So I was still very very pleased about that. But look around this league right now, Holden. I mean. Boise State has now won 13 in a row. Mm -hmm. They haven't lost since November. They're 7-0 and in conference. They just beat a Wyoming team uh, that is tough and has a bunch of size. And, you know, they beat Wyoming at home. That was only Wyoming's first conference loss. San Diego State athletically is probably the best team in the league, but they've got that San Diego State problem that we see almost on an annual basis. Of They'll lock you up on a nightly basis, but – uh, they're shooting. Good luck trying to figure out if it's going to show up or not. Now, it showed up when they beat CSU by 30, but they also lost the game last week against Boise State where they scored 37 points for the game. Um, so San Diego State is a flawed team, but nobody wants to play them in the tournament. We know that for a fact. Um, the league's good this year. Also, my play last night, and I told people this on my radio show, uh, was Air Force Moneyline at San Jose State. Air Force just keeps on covering and just keeps on being tough against everybody. The uh, the odds makers have, have really been um, kind of against Air Force in a lot of these numbers, and they generally play teams tough. Yeah, they get blown out by CSU, but generally Air Force can keep it close. Last night they went into San Jose State, and they got a win against a not-good-at-all Spartans team. Yeah, it's again, this is a fun team, and they did it without Tanjay and Thistlewood, too. So, yep. things are going very well, and I'll continue to say this go bet the second half on this team, whether it be mm -hmm. live or pregame. <clears throat> they're just a great second half team. Now, uh, CU, the Buffs are a team that has been really disappointing to this point. They've shown a lot of fight, they lost to those two ranked teams, USC, UCLA at home, but. I got to tell you, man, I was blown away. I saw they were down 20 to 5 early on. I, I didn't even bother. I turned my other TV on to something else. They came back and won that game last night at Oregon. I think the future is bright for the Buffs. Not this year. They're going to go to that three-letter tournament this year. But, boy, these guys really showed us something last night, especially Jabari Walker. Yeah, no, he went for 24 last night. The sophomore is is good. There's maturing that has to happen there. Um, but he's got an NBA body. He's got NBA athleticism. He will play in the league. He was phenomenal last night. He was 9 of 11 from the field. I mean, what was crazy about that game was both teams and, and the last five minutes of that game, it felt like it took an hour. It very well, honestly, yeah. may have taken an hour in real time. <laughs> Nobody wanted to win. Uh, the Buffs won that game despite 17 turnovers last night to only 11 for Oregon. Like, the Buffs just kept coughing up the ball. But then they just kept getting stops after having done that. So um, just an impressive, gutty kind of road victory in the Pac-12. It's never going to be pretty winning on the road in college buckets. I give Tad Boyle a ton of credit. Like you said, they didn't have a great weekend um, against SC and UCLA to go out on the road, get that victory at Oregon. That, that was a really nice, um, again, gutty victory. I'll use the phrase gutty victory to describe what the Buffs did last night at Oregon because in a lot of ways, they were not crisp, they did not play well, um, but they still got a win. That's that's tough to do. No question. Let's go to the pros. 
Uh, the Nuggets, they hold mm-hmm. off the Pistons again. That's great. There was no Will Barton. Jokic, da-da-da, keeps doing what he's doing. Back-to-back, they're 1-6 on back-to-backs. Did you just da-da-da 28-21 in nine games? Yeah, I can't do it anymore. It's like, it, listen, <laughs> I went on VEASAN Sunday morning, national show, right? Mm-hmm. And I said to myself, here's what I'm going to do. Since no one nationally wants to talk about Jokic, I'm going to go spend 10 minutes on Jokic. And all I did was bloviate about Jokic. And now there's nothing else I could say. Just watch what this guy does. It's remarkable. You've been talking about him for years. It's gotten to the point now where it's just ridiculous. And people are going, did you just say he's the best player in the in the world? I was like, yeah, he's the best player in the world. He just doesn't look like it, okay? He don't yeah. look like the best player in the world. He's the best player in the world. So da-da-da this. Talk to me about talk to me about this game tonight, though, with the Nets. You got two teams, the the Nets with Harden and nobody else. The Nuggets here, hopefully they get Barton back, but they're playing on a back-to-back. Is this even a game that we want to target pregame? I'm probably going to bet it live if I even do bet it. But talk to me here about this Nets-Nuggets game. Have you had any thoughts on it so far? Uh, <laughs> I it's it's so hard with this team and and, I, and i've yeah. talked about this just just what what they're what what version of the nuggets are going to show up from night to night this is what it is okay is Jokic going to be great yeah he's he's going to go into brooklyn tonight and he is absolutely going to be great yeah you don't you don't even got to worry about that part of it again 28 21 and 9 last night and we dot a dot it um the, again the the question the, the question here is uh, who else is going to show up here on the second night of a back-to-back for Denver? And I here's the answer. I don't know. I don't know who else is going to make a shot. Who, who else is is going to be special um, other than Nikola Jokic or even adequate other than Nikola Jokic? Is it going to be a Jeff Green night going back and seeing his old team in Brooklyn? Is uh, I shouldn't really say that. Every team is, used to be Jeff Green's team. Um, is it... Is it going to be a night where Monte Morris actually hits his shots? Uh, is it going to be an Aaron Gordon night? Can't rely on the bench. We know that for a fact, even with Brent Forbes in there gunning away. So, um, I don't know. The the numbers on Jokic, they just blow me away. On court, here's the Nuggets net rating when Jokic is on the court, plus 10. Plus 10. So, they're basically, you know, one of the best teams in the NBA when he's on the floor. When he's off, net rating, minus 13. Minus 13 is their net rating when he is not on the court. He is worth... Plus 23 points per 100 possessions um, on versus off the court for his basketball team. That's everything. That's everything. He's having, uh, by a lot of metrics, the greatest season mod- season in the history of the modern NBA here. Um, going back to the last three decades is, is the season that he's having right now. And that, that look, Embiid's having a great year. Giannis is having a great year. Steph has completely fallen off. He's out of the MVP discussion. Uh, but Nikola Jokic is the MVP in the NBA. It's again, it's flat out obvious if you just want to see it. Yeah, the text I got from my buddy at uh, Rump Your Bets, um, our website, was no, it's Embiid. They're not going to give the worst MVP of all time the MVP again. <laughs> and if it's not Embiid, it's going to be Giannis. And I said to him, I said, you're an ass. <laughs> First of all, uh, okay, fine. He wouldn't have he wouldn't have won the MVP if LeBron and other guys didn't get hurt. But he should have anyways. Uh, he still would have had the better numbers. B, good luck. Go, go make a futures bet on MB. Tell me how that works out when the guy misses 10 straight games. And then you're telling me Giannis is going to win it three out of four years. So it's just very frustrating. It really is. He just doesn't look the part. And I think that's uh, that's what's keeping people away from him. But you know what else is working in his favor, Nate? Numbers. 
A lot of yep. numbers guys out there these days that are voting, and I think that's going to help. By by PER, the old Hollinger player efficiency rating. Mm -hmm. I think I've said this on this podcast numerous times. He's having the greatest season in the history of the NBA. Correct. Okay. Uh, greatest weekend of NFL in the history mm -hmm. of the divisional round in all likelihood. Let's wrap this thing up with a little National Football League. We got the Bengals at the Chiefs right now. I see a seven and a half up plus seven for the Bengals at Bet Rivers. You've got the Niners at the Rams. Niners, I like that hook there, plus three and a half. I was waiting yep. for that to get the hook. Probably going to be betting uh, the Niners a little bit later today. They have won six straight against the Rams. Would not be surprised that the Rams won this thing outright, but I like the three and a half. Uh, talk to me here. Let's start with Bengals, Chiefs. Can Burrow really go into Kansas City and keep this a one-score game? Um, I mean, he's, he's already done it, right? He's, um, he, he, well, he, he did it at home against those guys, but mm -hmm. he beat those guys, you know, he, he put up 34 points. Yeah. Arrowhead is a, is a brutal place to have to play, but I, I don't think it's going to bother Joe Burrow. I love what he said, man. We're not some underdog. We're good. We belong here. I love that, man. I love Jamar Chase. Um, I just, when Mixon gets going with that run game and they're able to, you know, mix it up what they have, their their skill position is just they're so fantastic. Their pass rush is decent, although trying to sack Mahomes, it's you know, it's like trying to trying to grab a hold and get some handle on uh, on like a wet bar of soap. The guy just does not he does not sit still. So um, good luck to that. I don't like the Chiefs to win outright. I like the Bengals to cover that seven. In fact, I like both dogs coming up here this weekend. Um, you mentioned that hook right there. It is a three and a half as I'm looking at it. Plus, um, I'm not going to be shocked if the Niners somehow win that thing outright because Kyle Shanahan is just really, really good at this time of year as long as he's not, you know, uh, up 28 to three in the Super Bowl. Um, Rams are the better team, but I'm not going to be shocked if the Niners pull an upset right there. No, these should be two really fun games. Um, first, last thing for you. So I'm, I'm looking at this coach's search here for the Broncos, and I'm saying to yeah. myself after watching this, does it really matter who the coach is if they don't get Aaron Rodgers at this point? How the hell are you beating the Chiefs? Like, this guy is going to be on a Tom Brady-like run. I'm not saying 10 Super Bowls, but really, unless you have that elite quarterback or the best defense in the history of the world, I don't see how you're going to compete with these guys. The proof is there. They've already lost, what, a dozen in a row to the Chiefs? 13. Boy, they better get this coach right, and they better figure out what the hell the quarterback situation is because every time I watch <laughs> I watch this man, Patrick Mahomes, I say, I don't know how the Broncos are going to keep up with him. It's just well, he's unstoppable. I'm not going to go so far as to say the coach hire doesn't matter because it, it's really important. You You want to get that right. To your point, though, Mahomes is in your division. Uh, Allen and Burrow are in your conference. Look at the rest of your division, Justin Herbert and Derek Carr, okay? That, that's that's two top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL right now, along with arguably the very best in Patrick Mahomes. And then there's the Broncos, who have not been able to figure out the quarterback position now for, for six years. To your point, unless you get Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, what are you? Even if you get Russell Wilson, you still probably only have the third best quarterback in this division. Let's be Ooh. honest right here. Now you're getting now, into the Rex Ryan thing. Rodgers, would Rodgers and Wilson are still the best, second best. They'd still be the second best. I love Herbert? Herbert, but he... Huh? Over Herbert? Hmm. Yeah, because hmm. the efficiency from Rob from Rogers 
Roger, I know that Rogers, Wilson took yes. a couple steps back. I think that's his offense. I think you get him in a legit system again. He's going to be great. Rodgers, yes. Um, Russ, no. I, if you're if, okay. if we're doing a fantasy draft, I'll take Herbert over Russ right now. Um, but but semantics, we digress. It, yes. It's still, I, I mean, the point stands. Brutal division. Brutal. Uh, that, that you're trying to be able to win in right now. It's tough. It, it's Now, look, um, they let seven teams in. You just got to get in. You just got to be able to win a road game um, and, and then see if you get get rolling, catch a team with an injury or something like that. You know, goofy things can happen in one-off seasons here. Uh, but Kansas City is going to be favored to win this division, like you said, for the next decade. So, so good luck on that. I, I still think Rodgers or Wilson are long shots, you know, it, it just the, the likelihood of landing either one of those game-changing quarterbacks is going to be really, really tough for them. We're probably looking at a world where they're, you know, swinging a trade for Kirk Cousins and drafting Carson Strong in the second round or something like that. Like, it, it's, you know, I, I hold out hope for for the star-studded move but i also have to be realistic about it and, and reality tells me it's unlikely that that is going to happen so um that's kind of where this franchise is at right now this coaching hire really really does matter and especially if they draft a quarterback and that guy's going to be able to develop them but again like you said there's, there's a hard ceiling there's a hard ceiling on this broncos franchise they got the ownership thing that they got to figure out. Hopefully that turns out to be good for them. Hopefully there's an, an infusion of energy and resources coming into the organization, but uh, it's, it's tough to get you, you watch last weekend and you, and you think back to Broncos games you watch this year. You're just like, they're not even close to that. Well, that's, that's not even the same world. No, it's not the same world. Uh, last thing for you. Is it Hackett? Is it Quinn? Is it O'Connell? Who gets the job in your estimation? I think it's Hackett right now. That's my guess. Maybe recency bias. Him and George Payton went out mm -hmm. for tamales last night. So uh, I guess I got I to gotta lean on Hackett. By the way, what does it say uh, that, that they went out and, and hit the, the, the Mexican joint rather than go to the ritzy white tablecloth steakhouse? That's normally the MO. Of, of these sorts of things. Now, maybe it means George Payton and Hackett are bros and they're just like, hey, man, margaritas is a hell of a lot more fun yeah. than sipping on scotch and having some stuffy giant steak or something like that. Like, I'm cool with all of that, but what does it say really? Is this a like uh, and not love relationship? Uh, Hackett could be a vegetarian and it's they're very comfortable around each other because they could fart around each other and just feel like it's okay. <laughs> So that's that's what I take out of the meeting. Uh, Los Dos Patrias, delicious place in Centennial. Been there plenty yeah. of times. Uh, it's wonderful. And wonderful to see you again, my friend. Why don't you plug the show, plug everything you're doing, and um, I'll probably be hitting you up uh, for some Mountain West stuff here a little bit later in the week. But what's going on in Nate Kreckman's world? Uh, today, 2 to 6, Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. That is what we are doing uh, plus, I like San Diego State to win at Utah State tonight. I like them to win outright in a game that's basically a pick -em. Ooh, a little pick here from Mr. Kreckman. All right, Nate, wonderful talking to you, buddy. Uh, check it out. Afternoon drive, altitude 92.5. Coming up next, Ian St. Clair, play Colorado. Going to discuss all of this, what we just discussed. Maybe get a little bit more in-depth. But listen, it's always a pleasure having Nate on the Denver CityCast. Present it by Bet Rivers.
Bet River Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today. Must be 21 and located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers, our weekly hit with Ian St. Clair. Uh, Ian, I don't know, you've been coming on the show for about three months. We still haven't found time to go get some lunch. I'm starting to think that you're afraid of me. Is that what it is? Like, we're fine over the Skype, but you think I'm going to like suck the blood out of you or something? What's going on, my friend? It's when you run three states and one of them is the biggest sports yeah. betting market in the country already in New York. So that's what's eating I mean, up all of my time. We got a Denver City, or we got a New York City cast out there. It's just blowing up. It's like, wow, when is Colorado going to blow up like that? Probably never, but there is a lot for us to continue to grow here, right? Like we're just scratching the surface or are we kind of into sports betting here in Colorado already? We're just scratching the surface. I, I, I think I said this on a previous episode with you. I've been told by people that it's going to top Nevada. So it's just a matter of, of getting people familiar with it, comfortable with it, used to it. And what would help is to have the Denver Broncos not be horrible. Uh, it would help. So let's go into this. Um, we've been talking about Dan Quinn. I have not wanted Dan Quinn you keep saying he's the favorite. I keep saying he's the favorite. Then Nathaniel Hackett comes in here for nine hours. First of all, were you on the Flight Aware software just waiting for him to leave, or were you following Andrew Mason, or were you just not even following that dumb bit, which was so funny, I literally laughed out loud. I I, I was not following it because I, I I tweeted out. I don't know if you saw it where I viewed him like uh, that the guy from Anchorman doing Panda Watch which was similar to what Mace was doing. But uh, no, I was not following it. it. It is interesting that he was there so long. And I could basically sum up what the conversation was. Can you get Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams to Denver? Oh, you can? Okay, well, you're hired. See, that's – I actually mentioned this on Monday. <clears throat> How do you ask that question? You know, it's not like, hey, we're going to hire – hey – uh, can you get us Aaron Rodgers? Can you get him? You can't ask that way. No, so, I, because of the collective bargaining agreement, that would be like, right. it'd be considered tampering. So that would not be the question that you could ask it, but you could do it in a roundabout way. Like, hey, could you get some quarterback you may know who has a receiver or uh, uh, a talent position that you have worked with could they maybe somehow come to a specific city maybe in a roundabout <laughs> way um okay that's how you would have asked them the other thing that i thought was great they brought in the los dos potrios which i'm thinking it's the one over in centennial right which is the one oh, yeah. that i frequent from time to time. I wouldn't call it like this gorgeous place. They obviously, maybe he doesn't like Mike Shanahan. Do you think, or, or John Elway? Do you think he's got an issue with either one of those guys? They got restaurants, right? Um, I thought that was great. Take the dude out to a Mexican restaurant. 
Mexican food is just amazing. Could you imagine just sitting there? Like, I know where I usually sit. There's usually a round table. And well, there's a lot of round tables, right? They either put me at one round table or they know me there a little bit or a booth back in the back. Do you imagine sitting there and Peyton comes in there with Nathaniel Hackett? But how many people would recognize those two guys? If they're just eating Mexican food on a random, what was that, Monday night? They might recognize George Peyton. But I think the biggest news out of that, as you said, is they didn't go to a steakhouse. Mm-hmm. Because whenever there has been a coaching search for the last, what, 20 years, it's either Shanahan's or Elway's. That's where you go. I, I think there's been one instance. I'm trying to remember I, Mike Kliss tweeted this out at some point. I think they went to Papado's, which is in the, in the tech center, too. I think that's the only time it wasn't at a at a Denver at, at a Shanahan Steakhouse or Elway's. So to me, that's the biggest news is they went and got Mexican. I think it's a good thing that neither one of them ordered a burger. Neither one of them ordered a burger. Well, if you really want to go down a rabbit hole, I mean, it's possible Hackett is a vegetarian and he just wanted like beans, rice, sour cream on a tortilla like my six-year-old daughter likes. So that's my other theory as we have to this. But in all seriousness, like for you, Hackett is now the favorite just because he came in here for the nine hours. I Personally, here's what I think. <clears throat> I think Hackett is definitely in the mix here. I think Dan Quinn is still solidly in the mix and probably still the slight favorite. There's just other teams that are talking with him and they got to interview him first. You know, if they wrap this thing up with Hackett the other night, okay, then it's done. I think Dan Quinn is still going to be the favorite. And the O'Connell thing is interesting to me because you can't interview him until after this Sunday. So if they want to wait on that, they might miss out on Hackett and or Quinn. A lot of different ways to go here, but I think you disagree with me, right? You think Hackett is the favorite now. I That's where I'm leaning, and it's more so because of what's coming out of Chicago, where, I mean, it, 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 there's a lot of smoke. So anytime you hear that reference, it's about finding a new pope. That's where that comes from. I But there is a lot of buzz. Like Mike, Mike Garofalo with NFL Network, you have Chicago reporters talking about it now. He's in Hallis Hall for his in-person interview with the Bears. I think that's where he's going to end up, but we'll see. I mean, I, a lot of people have said this. There isn't a lot of urgency, it seems, for teams to get head coaches right now. The only one that we could potentially see is Byron Leftwich with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Aside from that, none of these teams seem to be in any real rush to make a hire, which is kind of weird. But I do lean towards Nathaniel Hackett now because now we're seeing reports about Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams tied to Nathaniel Hackett or Getze. And the most, the, the one with the most credence came from Matt Schneiderman, who is the Packers beat writer for The Athletic. And on his podcast, he explains why he thinks both Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and Hackett or Getze will be Denver Broncos. Whether so or not it can happen. I deal with this. Real we'll quick. See. If, yeah, if, they, if, the, if the Broncos end up hiring Nathaniel Hackett, they almost have to land Aaron Rodgers or this fan base riots, right? Isn't that where we yes. are at this point? Because you hired Nathaniel Hackett why? All right, he's this great coach. We don't know if he's a great coach. We know he's a decent coordinator. He didn't call plays in Green Bay. 
But if you hire Nathaniel Hackett, you better bring Aaron Rodgers with you. That's just my thoughts on this. Am I off base? No, I, I, and I think that's why anytime you see sites asking fans what they think, they go Nathaniel Hackett because they think that's what leads to Aaron Rodgers. So there's that dot connecting there. And I don't think it's just going to be Hackett. I think he's going to bring Getzey as his offensive coordinator. So both of those guys come to Denver. They're both guys that Aaron Rodgers loves. I mean, there's uh, there is a tweet from a, a Wisconsin State Journal Packers beat writer who asked Aaron Rodgers last year about Hackett. And he basically said, I hope he doesn't leave unless I do too. So there's it's gotten very interesting. Neither of us thought that this was going to really be a possibility, but now it's starting to look like there is potential for it. I don't know if it's still realistic. I'm, I'm with my podcast co-host where he said, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it, but that's where I'm leaning at this point, that it's going to be Hackett. He'll bring in Getsy as his offensive coordinator, and then they'll make a play for Aaron Rodgers and Devonte Adams. Well, they better love Hackett as a head coach then. Because if yeah, that doesn't yes. happen, then again, this whole thing gets detonated and now you're in big trouble because you hired a head coach. Like Peyton has to think that Hackett's a great head coach even without Aaron Rodgers, right? So we yes. are now at a point, if they hire Hackett, where the fan base is expecting that. And it really is towing the line here. And personally, I don't think Aaron Rodgers knows what he's doing right now. So how do you hire Nathaniel Hackett with the assumption that Rodgers is going to happen, is going to be here. So Peyton really just has to think that this is the guy, even if they don't get Rodgers. And I wonder if that's attainable, if that's possible. And I wonder if that's the delay in all of this, because they, I mean, they're trying to do their due diligence and they want to make sure. But as you said, he may not even know what he wants to do at this point. So obviously he'll make his decision, but it won't come until at least the beginning of March. And then you have to take into account everything else. You can't wait that long to get a head coach. So uh, I wonder if that's part of the delay. I also wonder if they're waiting to find out about Dan Quinn because he was rumored to be a finalist. As you said, there's three finalists, Hackett, Quinn, and O'Connell. They can't interview O'Connell until the Rams lose or until after the game on Sunday, whether they win or lose. Mm -hmm. So there's that in, in involved too, but Dan Quinn still hasn't come in for his second in-person in interview here at Dove Valley. I, that's part of it, too. I, I mean, it, it's just, it's very interesting. Yeah, and here's the other thing on Quinn. I don't think that uh, this is going to be a, a thing where Quinn just gets hired because they just they just named Ryan Poles the general manager. And I wonder if enemy is going to be in the mix now because Poles comes from, from Kansas City, but... Matt Eberflus, the Colts defensive coordinator, is in there. I'm not so sure that Quinn is wrapping things up with the Bears. I still think he's going to have his interview and his chance here. And I know you're going to think this is crazy. I think he's still the slight favorite to get this job. Just because I, I think everybody's all over Hackett now because he was here for nine hours. Well, guess what? Dan Quinn could come back in here and be here for nine hours. So I'm going to try and remove all the smoke that I'm seeing, Ian. And I'm still going to put, like, if I make the lines, Quinn's even money, Hackett plus 125. Because it's easy to get caught up because the guy was here. And I think it was Cliss that tweeted it out. He's like, well, this kind of foreshadows that this is the leader in the clubhouse, that Hackett is the front runner because he's here. And I would say, no, it doesn't. 
It just means that the schedule lined up so Hackett could get in here quicker than Dan Quinn. That's my thoughts on this. And especially since they didn't wrap it up the other night. What does that mean? They didn't wrap Hackett up. He was here for nine hours. You tell me what that means. I will add that what's interesting is now we're getting reports that Dan Quinn hasn't impressed. There are people within the Broncos facility who were not impressed or wowed by what Dan Quinn said in his interview in Dallas. Now, I don't know if that's spin because they think that, well, now he's not their favorite. He's not going to come here. He's going to go to Chicago or wherever. So they're trying to save face on that regard or if if there's actually truth to it. And you mentioned the Chicago Bears. The coach that I think would be perfect for that team is Jim Caldwell. The fact that he worked with Peyton Manning in Indianapolis, he is the only coach to have success in Detroit in what, in like 30 years? I would I would think that Jim Caldwell would be at the top of my list if I was the Chicago Bears with a young Justin Fields and an organization ripe to get back on path, especially if Aaron Rodgers is not going to be in Green Bay. So that's where I would lean if I was the Chicago Bears. Okay. That's enough of the coaching search, all right? Let's get into some other things. Uh, Again, Ian is wearing his Avalanche hoodie. This is one of the great teams in the National Hockey League, if not the best. They have won seven straight games, right? Seven straight games, 16 wins at home in a row. Uh, club record home point streak, 17-0-1. I mean, this is amazing. There's just lists of things that are going on. Kadri's been amazing. Miko the Frico, McKinnon, uh, Kale McCarr. It's just, we keep talking about this, and they just keep getting better after a slow start to the season. So talk to me here. How are you feeling about your abs? Don't get too far ahead of yourself. Okay, they started 2-4. and four. They're 27-4-3 since. I mean... It's a lot of fun right now. It'd be nice if the rest of the town could watch. We always bring that up, and hopefully that'll happen sooner than later. How are you feeling about your abs, buddy? What's funny is my wife always says this whenever I mention how good they're playing and how hot they are. They'll still lose in the playoffs because they have oh, to come clear on. that second-round hurdle. It's been three years in a row that they have not been able to clear that second-round hurdle, and until mm-hmm. they do, there's going to be this skepticism. And I think it's warranted because – They have to face adversity. Whenever this team faces adversity, they buckle. That's what happened against Vegas last year. They faced adversity. They buckled. Now, I do think, as I've said to you on previous shows, they have the goaltending now. And it's not just Darcy Kemper. Pavel Francouz now has, what, back-to-back shutouts when he's played? So you now have two goaltenders who are going to be competing against each other where Jared Bednar can go to and say, all right, here you go. And it's going to happen. As you mentioned, you need a goalie to get 16 wins and to hoist the Stanley Cup. You need two to three victories where your goalie steals them. I think they finally have it. I'm still not convinced about the depth of the defense. I'm not sold on Samuel Girard as a defenseman. I think he's going to have some of those Tyson Berry-esque issues where he makes a big gaffe in his own zone that costs his team. Hopefully the goaltending can bail him out. That's where I, I'm hesitant right now is the depth of the defense. Samuel Girard is a great offensive defenseman. He is a great skater. He's not a great defenseman. And that's what this team needs is depth after Kale McCarr, Devon Taves, Eric Johnson. They need the other three guys on your blue line to be able to step up and not make mistakes. And the other thing I'll mention about the Avs, 
for the last couple of years, they struggle to get out of their own zone. They need to solidify that. Instead of dancing around and trying to, to make cute plays to get out of the zone, just get it out. Those are the two things that I'm looking for over the course of the rest of the, the regular season heading into the playoffs that they can shore up. So we go from the Avalanche to the Nuggets now. <clears throat> Things are going pretty well for the Nuggets lately. Uh, they're coming off that 4-2 and two homestand. They beat Detroit. Last night, they've got the Nets on a back-to-back. -back. The Nets are completely depleted. They've got no Irving. They've got no Durant. <clears throat> I'm feeling good about this team right now, probably landing the sixth seed. I don't know how much higher they can go or lower they can go. I do have faith that there might be another move, too. Uh, the Brent Forbes move, I think, is, is a solid one. Cousins is going to be here for a little bit just to give Joker, uh, Jokic a nice little rest. Uh, and no Will Barton last night. I, I, I love this. I, I'm a little bit down on them tonight. They're 1-6 in, in the second game of back-to-backs this season. I think a lot of that has to do with Jokic just being run out there and run down. But as high as I am on the Avs, this was, a, this was a Nuggets team you and I discussed might have problems getting to the playoffs. And they still might at some point in time. But that would mean that the Joker got hurt. I took time out of, of my show. I, I'm now doing um, 8 to 10 Eastern, so 6 to 8 hour time on VEASAN Sunday mornings. I did a whole segment on Jokic for MVP. He deserves to be talked about more. More people I talk to nationally, no, it's going to be Embiid. It's got to be Giannis again. Why? Uh, Ian, We are. See he is the best player in the National Basketball Association. I said it. I'll say it again, and I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. Jokic is the best. You tell me who's better than him. You can't. There isn't anyone that you can say is better than Nikola Jokic. And the stats bear it out. Not just because of on the court. By the way, if you take Nikola Jokic away from the Nuggets, they're not the sixth seed. Not even close. They are not they're even six near. Wing team. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean that that might that's not hyperbole. I would not I would not take I would take that where they would have six wins without Nikola Jokic. But it's the stats. Katie Wingy pointed this out. Nikola Jokic has four 2020 games this season. The rest of the NBA has eight total. No player has more than one, except Jokic, who has four. You take. We saw what happened with the Philadelphia 76ers without Joel Embiid last year. They still won. They don't need Embiid to win. That's been proven out. Giannis is a great player. I would say he's probably closer to MVP than Joel Embiid. But to me, it has to be Nikola Jokic because he is the most valuable to his team. You take him off the Denver Nuggets, off the floor, they are not the sixth seed in the Western Conference. Hmm. No, well, again, I, I think they're the – one of the three worst teams in the NBA without him. And the numbers support that. When he's on the floor, they're one of the great teams. When he's off the floor, they're one of the worst teams ever. It's fascinating to me. And then yes. here's the pushback I get. Well, they give it to Giannis over him. What's your excuse for that? Because they won't give Jokic back-to-back. -back. He's the worst MVP ever. You're telling me they're going to give it to Giannis three out of four years? Are you kidding me? And then uh, Joel Embiid. If Joel Embiid doesn't miss a game from here on out, by all means, put him in the conversation. There's just nobody better than Joker right now. Okay, we just Holy keep God. hitting all these storylines. There's so much for us to discuss. Uh, for me, college basketball season, it's been great, very profitable. CSU last night, 
uh, just nailed the bets. Uh, CSU minus seven. CSU in the second half, minus three and a half. Bet it live when they were down 10. Got them at plus one. Clean sweep of the board last night. I love when that happens. These guys are legit, man. They're, they need to be a top 25 team in the AP poll. I think they're 22nd in the coaches poll. Great second half team. So if anybody's live betting uh, CSU, you see them down in the first half. And if you can get any type of a better price or better number, I'm, I'm telling you right now, fourth double-digit comeback victory for the Rams. This is the way to attack them. I'm a big fan here. And you know what? It's, it's not just our boy Roddy. Stevens has been stepping up. Chandler Jacobs looked good last night. They still don't have Thistlewood. I'm a fan. Where are you sitting here on CSU right now? I at this point I think we've talked about this. I think I don't want to say they're a lock for the NCAA they're tournament because they're locked. There, there's Boise State who has been really good to start the season as well as Colorado State. Wyoming had a little bit of a hiccup last night against Boise State. They're at the top of the Mountain West Conference, so it would help CSU to win the Mountain West and have a deep run in the Mountain West tournament just to make sure that the fact that they play in the flyover states where the committee won't say, well, are they? I mean, I think they are, but I'm just being jaded. But I, I like Colorado State. I think they have the ability to, to make their 11th all-time NCAA tournament appearance. It'll be the first since 2013. I think they have the ability to make a deep run. I could see this team getting into the Sweet 16. That's how good this team is because they can score and things don't really seem, I, I mentioned the adversity with the Avs and how they buckle when they face stuff like that. This Rams basketball team doesn't do that. They just keep rolling along. They've, they're experienced. They've been through enough. They've played together a long time. So I, I think this Rams team is going to be a lot of fun. And, and March Madness betting is obviously big. It's, I mean, it's the second biggest behind the Super Bowl. You add Colorado State to that, and they make a deep run. It's just going to make it even a little bit more enjoyable. It's my best, best uh, sport to bet. Uh, it's my most successful. And I'm telling you right now, you know, if they can get in there as a six or a seven seed, then you face a 10 or 11, a team that probably has a lot of the same skill sets that they have, maybe not quite as good. The problem with them is when they get a bigger team that's more athletic. Yeah. So, and that's really going to be one of the top 10 teams. You're probably going to see maybe top 12 teams. That's when they're going to struggle. I mean, Roddy is just, we, we talk about Jokic just with eyes in the back of his head. That's the thing about Roddy. They compare him to Charles Barkley. All right, that's a little much, but his body control, his vision. I mean, last night he's sitting there in the key, no look pass. I think it was Stevens on a back cut to get a bucket. He's spectacular. And they're an older team. So I'm with you. I think this is a team that could win a couple of games in the NCAA tournament and you get the right draw. Maybe you win more than that. So that's the first thing with CSU. Um, there's also Northern Colorado, which I'll talk about later in the week because I'm a big sky guy. Ever since I moved out here, it's just wonderful to bet the big sky because nobody knows how to bet them on the books. The last, the other team is Colorado. And listen, they're not going to the tournament unless they make a run probably in the Pac-12 tournament. But to be down 13 nothing and 20 to 5 and to come back and win 82-78 in a hostile environment and finally get your first legitimate win 
I, I I don't think they're going to the tournament this year. They're probably going to the the three letter tournament. But boy, things are looking up, aren't they? That was fun. That was that was fun to learn that this team comes back and they got some fight in them like that because they came close against UCLA too. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned Northern Colorado. That that's a team that even when Tad Boyle left, he was originally at Northern Colorado. The consistency of that team, and now with Steve Smiley as the head coach, it's been a consistent program where they're, as I mentioned, consistently up at the top of the big sky. And this team has the potential, if they win the big sky tournament, to have two teams from Colorado into the NCAA tournament. And I I absolutely think it's a possibility with this Bears team. And you mentioned playcolorado.com. Check out our nationally ranked CSU has goods to quench NCAA tournament drought story at playcolorado.com it talks about csu talks about unc the cu and cu women on top of that yeah it's college basketball is going well here it's fun and it's a very good season so we'll continue to bet it last but not least let's talk some baseball you know yesterday talked about todd helton todd helton's going to make the hall of fame it's just asinine how these guys, it's like, all right, we need more years. So Todd Helton's not a first ballot Hall of Famer. Maybe, what is he, an eighth ballot Hall of Famer? So everybody should be piling on these writers today. Absolutely unacceptable. No Bonds, no Clemens, no Schilling. Maybe you disagree with me on this thing. But what an absolute joke. And I'll get into my thoughts on actually visiting the Hall of Fame if you wanted me to. I don't have to. But man... Uh, this to me, what, what are we doing with the Hall of Fame with the best hitter of his generation, to me, the second best hitter of all time, the best pitcher of his generation, the best postseason pitcher of his generation, and thank God Poppy gets in. I'm a huge fan of David Ortiz, but the writer screwed up so bad, it really took away from his day. I don't understand the inconsistency. Yes. And why, why is David Ortiz in when he actually tested positive? You mentioned the other three. They never tested positive. That's well, just rumor hold on. and speculation. That, that, hold that's on just In defense point. of Poppy, he never officially tested positive. He was in an article where players who had, um, I guess, was it like top secret results? It didn't really, it really wasn't top secret. But I hear what you're saying. So officially, he was never positive, all right? Officially. 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 Okay. But yeah. I will say, why, why is it? okay for one guy because the media liked him because he's a likable guy. That's why. And, and you know, sports journalists are immature little babies. If you treat them right, they will, they'll give you the world. They'll vote you into the hall of fame. If you're not, and you're somewhat of a, well, we know those three guys have the reputation of who they are. That's why they're not into the hall of fame. It has nothing to do with the PEDs because David Ortiz is a great guy. He's big poppy. Everyone loves him. No one likes Barry Bonds. No one likes Roger Clemens. No one likes Kurt Schilling, especially in baseball media. That's why this happened. And I think it's egregious. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I, the fact that you can, you, you have one set of rules for one guy because you like him and another set of rules for three other guys because you don't, it's, it's just, it's maddening. And it, the same thing happens with the NFL where it's a popularity contest. It's, well, these guys are great. I mean, we just had this discussion at Mile High Report about why is Sean Payton considered a first ballot Hall of Famer and Mike Shanahan doesn't get a sniff. 
Is anyone listening to this going to take Sean Payton over Mike Shanahan as a coach? Heck no. I would not take Sean Payton over Mike Shanahan. Unless, of course, Sean Payton has Drew Brees. I would take Sean Payton over Mike Shanahan um, if he wasn't coaching the Broncos. That would be the only thing. The Raiders and the, the Washington, Mike Shanahan, not the same guy as the Broncos Shanahan. But yes, well, Broncos Shanahan, I take him. Sean Payton, I take as a full career. Ooh, that's tough, buddy. That's tough. You're going back and forth here. You know, they both had these Hall of Fame quarterbacks. You brought up a really interesting point. So why are you taking Shanahan in the Bronco years over Sean Payton? Well, if you remember, he still took the Washington football team to the playoffs with Robert Griffin III. Listen, listen. He took them to the playoffs. What happened with Sean Payton without Drew Brees? Yeah, he... He, that he, was the he most dis- he retired. functional couple of years in Washington, and that's saying something. Like I, mean, I remember yeah. watching his, owner his is Dan press Snyder. huh? His owner is Dan Snyder. I mean, the oh. fact that he was able to have success in that yeah. bleep show with that well, owner- one year he had success. The rest of the time he stunk, and the reason he had success was because RG three decided to run that year. Listen, I'm not here to slander. Mike Shanahan, the guy belongs in a Hall of Fame. Sean Payton's a bad dude. Sean Payton won a Super Bowl too, you know? And Sean Payton has, but he doesn't have the second Super Bowl. So I think that's where it's it's different. Definitely at the Super Bowl level. Yeah, absolutely. And remember that Mike Shanahan played a big role in Steve Young winning his first Super Bowl. He was the offensive coordinator for that San Francisco 49ers Mm -hmm. team. So, and then you look at the coaching trees, all the successful coaches in the National Football League come from the Mike Shanahan tree. Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur. All three of those guys are three of the better coaches in the National Football League. So, I, I mean, I'm, the thing about the Hall of Fame, and this is where I get in trouble and a lot of people get in trouble, is they make the comparison between two people. And it really shouldn't be a comparison. It should be – it stands alone. And the fact that it's the same the, – the, the media makes the selection – for both the baseball and pro football hall of fame is why it's in this situation. And I, the fact that the media is the ones who do it, I don't like it. It should not be the media who does this because as I said earlier, they're immature babies. Yeah. Yeah. They, I, I'm with you here, but again, that's a fascinating thought here. Sean Payton versus Mike Shanahan. I can't get it out of my head. What if we bring Fangio back for one more year and then just hire Payton after that? Do you think he'll be down with that? Uh, well, as I said, I think Vic Fangio is going to be the defensive coordinator for the Los Angeles Chargers. And that, my friends, when I start saying, hey, let's get Fangio back here for another year so we can get Payton, that means it's the end of our interview. Um <laughs> Ian, what's going on at PlayColorado.com right now? And as always, make sure you plug your stuff. No, you can follow me at Ian St. Clair on Twitter, at Colorado underscore play. Play Colorado is your one-stop shop for news, analysis, opinion, features on anything gambling, sports betting, casinos to help make you a safer and smarter better. And we'll just continue plugging away with CSU hoops, the Avs, Nuggets, getting closer to March Madness and obviously the Super Bowl, which is a couple weeks away now. Well, that's the whole thing. People think sports betting's over when the NFL is over, when really there's so much to bet on. Like you said, college basketball, NFL, uh, NBA, 
NHL. So we'll get what? We'll get February out of the way with college basketball. March, all about college basketball. And then we got the NBA, NHL playoffs. And by the time that's over, all right, so we got two months of baseball. We'll be fine. We'll just bet NFL futures for that time. Ian, as always, my friend, thank you so much for hopping on. Wonderful to talk with you. Thanks to Nate Crackman from Altitude 92.5 for hopping on. I'm at Holden Radio on Twitter, at Holden Radio. And thank you very much for checking out the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.